You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guests, Michael Baza and Corey Wyatt of the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Despite an unforeseeable global supply chain disruption, the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey was able to continue essential operations and help businesses manage the situation. In this post-pandemic era, the Port continues to invest in technology and infrastructure to handle new consumer demands in a dynamic logistics landscape. Michael Baza, Assistant Director of Commercial Development, and Corey Wyatt, Manager of Intermodal Rail Development, join us to discuss their efforts to help keep Port operations on track. Joining me today on the Inbound Logistics Podcast is Mike Baza, Assistant Director of Commercial Development, and Corey Wyatt, Manager of Intermodal Rail Development for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you guys. Uh, Before we get into everything, uh, how are you guys holding up uh, in what is shaping up to be the post-pandemic world, Uh, hopefully sooner rather than later? Mike, uh, how are you? Doing very well, thank you. Uh, Again, my name is Mike Baza. I'm Assistant Director for Commercial Development at the Port Authority. I've been with the Port Authority for 20 years and about the last seven of them with the Port Department itself in a variety of roles, uh, including running the New Jersey Marine Terminal Complex as well as uh, my current role, which is responsible for the leasing and revenue generation for the entire department, as well as the business development and industry relations group, uh, which is responsible for all our relationships with uh, everyone throughout the supply chain and also is uh, vital in marketing the port itself. Great, great. And Corey, uh, how are you doing? And uh, tell us a little bit about you and uh, your work there at the port. I'm doing excellent. So um, I've been I've been in the industry since 2003. Um, I worked for various marine terminal operators and in various roles um, in in the Port of New York and New Jersey. Um, also, I've worked with one of our large ocean carriers that serves the Port of New York and New Jersey. My most recent role prior to the port um, was with Global Container Terminals, where I was the project manager for uh, the ICTF over there, which is their newest uh, express rail facility. So I worked in conjunction with the Port Authority. And that's kind of how I landed here with the port. Um, been with, with the Port Authority in my in my role as manager of intermodal rail development for the last three years, and um, we are we are ready to move forward and take on more volume. Mike, uh, can you give uh, can you give the audience an idea of what the port's been up to in in some of the recent days? Absolutely, we've been extremely busy and and excitedly so going into the July Fourth weekend. Uh, just yesterday, we welcomed the Statue of Liberty's little sister, as she is known. It's a replica of the statue, and we were fortunate enough with our partner CMA CGM to welcome her at APM Terminals. And she is going to spend some time at Ellis Island before uh, heading down to Washington, D.C. to the French Embassy. So along with all the other volumes and a new vessel and largest vessel to call the East Coast, the Marco Polo calling recently, uh, we're busy, but extremely happy to be so. Great, great to hear. Uh, as a, a loyal user of the Port Authority of New York, New Jersey, uh, the Bridge and Tunnel crowd myself, um, Mike, as we're heading into this post-pandemic uh, reality. What is the current status of the port with regards to things like uh, handling uh, increased cargo volume uh, or congestion or, or delays? Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Absolutely, Jeff. You know, because of the extremely hard work of uh, port authority staff, marine terminal operators, labor, shipping lines, chassis and equipment providers, truckers and railroads, really everyone throughout the supply chain, the port has really been able to maintain uh, fluidity throughout the pandemic. 
you know, obviously uh, we've all heard the stories and we've seen that there are uh, pieces and pockets of congestion, uh, but for the tremendous volume that we're seeing currently, we don't have vessels waiting at Anchorage. We've got minimal dwells at our express rail facilities and our MTO partners have really gone above and beyond to provide extended and weekend gate hours to help manage the cargo flow. Now, Corey, um, regarding that volume, have you seen a dramatic shift in volume year over year? Yeah, it's been actually tremendous. I mean, since uh, obviously the pandemic slowed things down from from March till about July, but I mean, just in, as far as containers, TEUs, we're up um, over 2020. Comparing 2021 to 2020, we are 25% up. Um, and then going back and comparing it to more a more realistic year of 2019 where we had the full year, we're up 16.8%. Um, and that's just for the port totals. Um, rail, we're up 12% over 2019 and we're up 8.8% over 2020. So this growth has been tremendous. Um, a lot of it is obviously consumer demand shifting and e-commerce growth. Warehouses having to you know adjust to uh, the new cons- consumer demand. Um, we've seen it through all the major gateways on the East Coast, but we're, we're really getting slammed here in the Port of New York and New Jersey. But like Mike said, we're handling the volume. Um, we're, we're actually seeing cargo that we were expecting in a 50-year plan that we would be doing four to five years from now um, in 2021. So, you know, this is something that came on strong and surged, and we've been able to handle this cargo with our existing assets, our existing equipment in the port, you know, all of our sectors, as Mike said, the labor um, management, the marine terminal operators, the railroads, we're, they're all working to invest appropriately for additional growth. But this this is something that no one saw coming. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, regarding that growth, uh, we at Inbound Logistics are focused on matching inbound product flow to demand. So uh, what would you say is the geographic zone that the port uh, really positively impacts? Great question, Jeff. Obviously, you know, we are in one of the world's largest, if not the largest consumer markets, and we can access that market and markets beyond very quickly. Uh, Just to give you some context, we can reach 13.3 million people in just one hour. Going out two hours, it's over, over 27 million. And in four hours time, we have a reach of 46.3 million people, including several inland markets. Uh, what that means is we have the ability to reach over 1.7 million businesses and 290,000 retailers and wholesalers. I mean, just tremendous, tremendous reach from the port of New York and New Jersey. So, you know, all the largest inland uh, Midwest markets, Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, et cetera, all reachable very quickly. And we also have strong reach into Stackbridge, New England markets, and even Canada uh, via CN's uh, rail network. Corey, uh, we talked about uh, the express rail here on the show before. Can you go into more detail on what the express rail does and its benefits for, for all of its consumers? Sure. So, I mean, we, we express rail is huge because first off it's environmental benefit, right? So we have a port authority landmark clear air, air strategy that we're always, always looking to achieve. So every intermodal rail lift is approximately eliminating one and a half truck trips. Um, you know, that's, that's huge. We're taking trucks off the road. We're opening up, you know, roadways here where there's a lot of truck traffic, as Mike said, with the population around us uh, and a lot of car traffic. So the more trucks we can get off the road, the better, the better the system operates um, and express rail benefits as well. You know, we're the, we're the first port of call um, 
for about 70% of the inbound vessels calling uh, the East Coast. So, you know, cargo bound for inland destinations, if it's going to Chicago or Cleveland or Columbus, that box can be at its destination before that vessel leaves the port of New York and New Jersey. So before it reaches Norfolk, before it reaches Savannah, we have that box at its destination. And that's the benefit we get of this large population having those first port of calls. Our, our latest facility we added, we have four express rail facilities on dock or near dock in, in the port. And the latest one was the ICTF over at Greenville. So that's our express rail port Jersey, uh, which is served by GCT Bayonne. Two class one railroads in the port and actually a third, like Mike mentioned, through CN taking us to Montreal and Toronto, which is an interchange with CSX. You know, we have Conrail operating on our local tracks and, you know, we're, we're a million and a half lift capacity. So we are, you know, like I said, we're looking for more volume. We're not at that capacity yet, but we are handling the current volumes and looking to grow. I just wanted to add some additional context to that. The Port Authority has invested over $600 million in our express rail facilities to, to bring them to where they are today. And that's because we see this intermodal cargo as our key driver for growth going into the future. Um, we saw when we did our land use master plan back in 2019 that our reach in the next 30 years could be anywhere from 12 million uh, TEU per year up to 17 million TEU per year. And that delta, that 5 million TEU delta is all intermodal cargo. So we are really relying on and focused on with uh, laser-like focus on, on building that intermodal network to, to reach those inland destinations. Great. Now, speaking of that building, Mike, uh, Corey mentioned it uh, earlier that there was really no way to pre-plan for the disruption uh, of the pandemic. So what did you guys at the port have in place to at least be able to respond and, and really benefit the shipping community? Again, great question, Jeff. Back in 2014, the Port Authority created the Council on Port Performance. And at the time, that was done to address uh, chassis supply issues that we were seeing here in the port. And what it did was it brought together the Port Authority, terminal operators, the New York Shipping Association, labor, railroads, again, all the, all the stakeholders that I mentioned previously, brought them together and, and mobilized them uh, at the time you know, to focus on chassis. And, and more currently, we were able to mobilize that group to establish a game plan to keep the port open and operating. So the first step really was to, to make sure that we could procure sufficient PPE for the, the labor workforce uh, to keep them operating safely. Uh, there was regular check-ins with, with the labor side and uh, the railroads. And, and that collaboration and constant communication ensures that we could put in place appropriate mitigation strategies to handle the large influx of cargo when it, when it snapped back, you know, later last year. You know, one of the things as an example, uh, Corey was instrumental during a surge in rail cargo uh, to facilitate catch up by adding rail destinations to certain facilities so that we could leverage the overall express network more efficiently uh, versus just uh, really, you know, pushing a lot of throughput in one or two facilities. We believe that the communication and collaboration derived from the CPP is truly world-class. Now, Corey, uh, that collaboration aspect of it, were there any key collaborations or partnerships that uh, really helped mitigate some of the aspects of the disruption? Yeah, I feel like, like Mike said, best in class. I mean, that's a, that's a strong word and it's true because this port 
you know, the CPP is bringing together key stakeholders, you know, key executives from the railroads, from Conrail, from all of our marine terminal operators. We have some ocean carriers sitting on the panel. We have labor sitting on the panel. So we have the NYSA sitting on the panel. This is, you know, bringing everyone in the room to talk. So when this, when this all happened, when the pandemic happened, you know, we were already having these conversations and what all it was was flicking on a light switch and basically saying, okay, let's start by bi-weekly calls, right? Let's let's discuss things. Let's look at these surges and see what we can do to help out. We, like I said, these railroad calls, talking to CSX, talking to Norfolk Southern, and a little bit with CN, we, we designated plans to look at, you know, our third-party gate at Express Rail Elizabeth. And like Mike said, we brought certain destinations onto other docks to try to spread the volume out more in the Express Rail system. We also quickly shifted to communicating with our BCO community and, and port partners via virtual platforms. So obviously Zoom and, and uh, Microsoft Teams. We Previously, we were engaged with everyone kind of face-to-face meetings and events. So that forced us to go virtual. I think we we're one of the first ports to go virtual and start doing virtual webinars. So we're ahead of it. And we're, we're trying to stay a step ahead of anything that, that happens. Um, obviously, it's not always possible, but even when you're a step behind, there's ways to react and there's ways to get things you know, moving again. And that's what we did through the CPP and through our partnerships with all the key stakeholders on the port. Now, with that idea of staying a step ahead uh, in mind, Mike, uh, as we emerge from this pandemic uh, into what uh, some people are calling a new normal, what does that mean for the Port Authority and, and your customers? Jeff, I, I don't know what normal means to anybody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. You know, everything that we're hearing from our poor partners is that these volumes are going to continue uh, well into to next year. Um, you know, obviously, as, as Corey alluded to previously, you know, the volumes increased uh, largely based on tremendous growth in, in e-commerce and inventory restocking levels have been at their lowest in decades and shippers continue to play catch up and compete for vessel space in order to get their products here. In terms of a change, I think you're seeing a uh, people are more looking at a just-in-case focus uh, as opposed to a just-in-time focus so that they have some level of inventory here to deal with uh, some of the supply chain disruptions that we've been, you know, we've been seeing more recently so that they can manage that as they go forward. Uh, you know, the overall bottlenecks and disruptions in the supply chain due to capacity constraints, trucker chassis shortages, the system is going to need time to adjust and catch up. And so, again, I think you're going to see shippers probably build a, a little more inventory into their overall supply chain and try to manage some of that. Yeah. Corey, then last word uh, from you, if you could, where can the audience go to get more information about Express Rail and the Port Authority of New York, New Jersey in general? Well, sure. We have our website, obviously, www.panynj.gov, which is our Port Authority website. Um, and then myself and Mike, um, our contact information is here. You can reach out at any time uh, for Express Rail or business development questions, and we're, we're willing and able to take your calls. Excellent information on the Port Authority of New York, New Jersey. Guys, uh, continue to stay safe. Best of luck to you guys and to the Port Authority in general. Uh, and take care of yourselves, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for the opportunity today. Thanks, Jeff. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game.
The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.